Hello again, everyone, and welcome to it. It is the Derek Hinder Podcast for what is it, 23rd of February, 2024, Friday. That's all that really matters. The Weekend Heaven Review will be up tonight at midnight, patreon.com slash Derek Hunter Podcast or DerekHunter.locals.com. Check it out. Please subscribe, if you will. It's the only, you don't want this thing inundated with ads, do you? Uh, it keeps the show free and clear. All right, let's get going. And we got a lot of stuff to get to. I'll give you a quick update on the kids just because so many of you message. The uh, Bailey seems to be doing fine. She's running around right now and she seems to be doing fine. Her cough is not completely gone, but it's it's doing it's not really there so much so should notice. The uh, Quinn situation has improved remarkably too, at least as of yet. She hasn't she didn't have a fever yesterday, which was good because it was 103.4 the day before. And um, that without Motrin, without having to give her Motrin. I gave her Motrin before because she had the fever. I didn't have to give her anything because of the fever. So hopefully the antibiotics continue to work and uh, things will get back on track. But yes, thanks for all the kind notes. In the She did have soup for dinner, chicken noodle soup, Paw Patrol-shaped chicken noodle soup to be specific. So, all right. Anyway, we have a lot to get to before we get on with our lives, and we're going to get to as much of it as humanly possible. There is a, I saw this morning on Twitter, I have to pull this up, it was a brilliant characterization of this. Yeah, here it is. James Lindsay tweeted this out, because there's a situation, somebody called, some girl who changed her name to Nex, N-E-X, and used they, them pronouns, they, them pronouns. I'm like, okay, now they're, they're plural. They're third-person plural. When referring to them, when talking to them, she uh, was allegedly non-binary, 16 years old. Now, I challenge any 16-year-old to explain what non-binary means. They probably wouldn't be able to. All they know is that it's a status symbol. Makes you cool. Makes you the in everybody. Well, not everybody. Most people actually want to conform. Some people just want to be different. There's a, a simple way to be different. It's just be yourself. That was the path I chose as a kid. I wore what I wanted to. Shopped at the Salvation Army not only because that was all I could afford, but because I liked the clothes there. You wear a sport coat over a t-shirt. Why? Why not? Why not? Have we all sort of fancied ourselves just a little bit of, I guess, ducky, except without the nerddom, much better success with women. But uh, if you don't get ducky reference, you don't get, I'm not going to give it any more context than that. But that was the world we lived in. It was certainly not the norm. When I was in high school, we were the weirdos. I was six foot five, so nobody really bothered me. But my other friends, into punk rock, into alternative rock, into goth, into Britpop, into whatever. Like, yeah, okay, we're wearing Cure shirts and everybody else is like, Bon Jovi rules. It's fine, I don't care. It's not my fault you have, or my problem, that you have horrible taste in music. But um, it's weird now, all these years later, you see everybody going, oh, 
Remember high school it was wonderful. Oh, we didn't. I got along with most everybody, but like the Smiths come on, and they go, "Oh, I love the Smiths. I love this." How soon is now? Like, name a second song by the Smiths, and they can't. And like, I remember in high school you were a complete jackass to anybody who liked Smiths. Okay, so spare me, right? But nowadays you don't even have to do that. You can dress the same. You can do what, but then you just declare yourself to be something else. I hey, you know what? That biology, screw that. And in making me, God got a little mixed up. God got a little mixed Look, you, if you're assembling billions upon billions of people and you're just grabbing, reaching into the parts, sooner or later you're going to sort of zone out and grab the wrong bits. And that's what I am. I am uh, I'm not like I got parts from another box. What's weird is these people now are claiming that they got parts from... Well, boxes that had never been used before. Let's put it that way. Boxes that had never been used, but not a part of it at all in any way, shape, or form. It's just, hey, here's a a box of parts. What is non-binary parts? What is this? It looks like Ken and Barbie dolls in there. I don't know. I don't know. We're running out of uh, certain parts. Just go ahead and sprinkle them in randomly. It'll be fun. We're supposed to believe that. Not that it is a desperate cry for help. But, oh, by the way, I had this thought the other day, and maybe I'll write about it soon. Because I thought of a good title for it, and I'm not going to give the title away. But um, there is this... They always... What does the left do when it comes to the trans issue? They try to guilt you. They try to bully you. Bully you through guilt into conformity. And how do they do that? Don't you understand? You're otherizing me. You're you're misgendering. You're mis not using my pronouns. It's terrible. And they have these emotional breakdowns. And in comes some little scolding leftist saying, "You know, the suicide rate amongst people in the trans community is ridiculously high, dangerously, horribly high. It's just awful." Blah 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 blah. And they imply that you, by not perverting your reality to meet their delusional expectations, their delusional demands, are what is driving them over the edge. You know, they were having a perfectly fine day until you noticed that Jenny was using the urinal in the men's room or whatever it is. And you're like, huh, Jenny just went in and stood up to pee. That's weird. Hiked up the skirt and did her business. That's not in conforming with anything I know about biology or reality. And you point that out or you refuse to refer to a guy as she and suddenly you've sent them over the edge. They use this, not because they actually, they can't actually believe it. Nobody's that fragile that they're well-adjusted and everything's going well, good with them, and then suddenly somebody points out a biological reality and like, well, that's it. I'm jumping off the bridge. I don't mean to make light of it, but honestly, you have to use absurdity to illustrate a point. It is, if that's the case, if this, this is the argument they make, and it usually works most people will just kind of shut up for a little bit they'll go okay well i don't want to get anybody bullied i don't want to get anybody to certainly kill themselves i don't want to do that all right yeah all right that's how they do it that's how you refer to a dude as a woman 
That's how you can have the study that lactating men, trans men, women, or whatever the hell it was, I think it was trans women can lactate and their breast milk is better than better than real mother's breast milk. And you're just going, this is stupid, but all right, I don't want to drive anybody to suicide. But realistically, to the extent that suicide is more prevalent amongst the gender dysphoric set, and that's what it is, gender dysphoria, it was a disorder until about 20 minutes ago. If you really want to talk about the suicide rate, and you care about stopping and cutting the suicide rate, and that's the key, the caring part, which do you think is more likely to lead to an adverse, horrible outcome that nobody wants, like suicide. Which one do you think it is? Now, bear with me. Is it the situation in which somebody accidentally uses the wrong gender on purpose, whatever reason, uses the wrong, uses actually the right pronouns for somebody? Or do you think that it might have something to do with the instability as demonstrated by their insistence that they are what they unambiguously are not? That used to be treated as a sign of a mental condition that was in need of treatment. And you know what? I don't have the data to back this up because I'm sure they didn't allow the data collection and nobody even thought to collect the data because... The idea of we need data to back this up used to be absurd. But I would suspect that the suicide rate amongst the trans community was significantly lower when members of it were treated for mental issues, mental health issues, that clearly transism is a part of, a now a big part of. Right. See that. So they're telling you, you are acknowledging biological reality. You're leading to people's suicides. Meanwhile, they are allowing to fester unchecked. In fact, more than unchecked, indulged a mental disorder that used to be treatable, used to be treated, I should say. Which do you think is more damaging long term? I just, you know, I have I have to believe that it is the indulging of insanity why because then you go further then you go for, it does i feel like a woman i feel like a, that that's got to be it i'm miserable in my life and it must be because i'm a, a woman trapped in a man's body okay now i'm, I'm a third person plural pronoun as well as that and in fact i'm non-binary i'm not man or a woman you're just slowly removing yourself and in many ways everybody's just going yeah okay well of course you are we're right there with you what does not telling any, somebody no lead to? Usually me leads to just kind of a bad person, a horribly spoiled, self-indulgent pile of excrement that you wouldn't want to be around. Everybody knows somebody whose parents overindulged them in a million ways. And they were probably, you know, like, you just didn't, you don't want to have anything to do with them. They carry that sense of entitlement with them for, for eternity. Now, if somebody indulges a different, and it, you know, as the more they're indulged, they realize if I throw a fit in the store, I'll get what I want. So what happens? You get more fits in the stores. 
the initial no's that are overridden by the fits and the crying and the temper tantrums are eventually just, they just disappear. They're fully indulged. It was, you know, 90% of the time it's no, 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 no. All right, fine, you can have the damn thing. And sooner or later, the parent, just to avoid the hassle, because they've created a monster, will just get them whatever it is. Well, if you are suffering from other delusions and you're insistent that what is not, in fact, is, and people indulge you a little bit, then you're freer to do it again. You're freer to go further. I'm not trans. I'm, I'm non-binary. All right. Now jump through this hoop, old man. Uh, my pronouns are this. Jump through this hoop. All right. Uh, I am this, that. And, and you know what? Maybe they have a little bit of fun in that. Maybe that's enough for some of them. Everybody's different. But if we're dealing with and are so concerned with suicides, maybe the idea of endlessly indulging people in self-destructive behavior leads to self-destructive behavior. Maybe endlessly indulging people leads to them going a little bit further and a little bit further and recognizing in themselves that what they really started out to do was try to figure out why they were so miserable, why they were so sad, why they were so depressed, whatever it was. And then they go further down this rabbit hole where they're being promised by all of these progressive activists who swear they're surrounding them, we only have your best interest at heart. We want to coddle you, the overindulgent parent. Not the parent in this case, but you get the idea. And the further they go down the yellow brick road, they realize that they're not happy. Happiness is not down there. What's going on? What's happening? Why aren't they happy? They are being indulged in every way, shape, or form humanly possible. Well, which do you think is more self-destructive then? Straight up indulging? Or not indulging? Trying to help somebody. Trying to get somebody to come to terms with it. Which one do you think it is? I have my ideas. I have my suspicions. You know what they are. I've laid them out pretty clearly. So when you look at a situation and you begin to realize that every opportunity the left gets, when they're weaponizing somebody or something or a group of people, it's not because they care about them. They don't give a damn about They don't give a damn about anybody. Their political philosophy, for the love of God, um, led to more than 100 million deaths in the last century. Let's just put it that way. The Great Leap Forward, the Cultural Revolution, Stalin's purges, World War II. I'm talking about civilian deaths, not military deaths. It's actually more like 140 million if you consider all the civilians who were killed in World War II. Stalin killed about 40 million, Mao around 50 million, all in pursuit of this utopian lie of, of the leftism, progressivism, various forms of progressivism, communism, socialism, fascism, whatever. They're 
They're various shades of red. Do you really think they're sitting around going, well, you need to protect these? Or the the illegal aliens. The illegal aliens need to be welcomed. Why? They're adults. They're old enough to beat the hell out of police officers. They're old enough to join gangs and commit murders and sell drugs. Why do I need to provide them with housing? Why do I need to provide them with a $10,000 Visa gift card? Why do I have to let them in the country at all? It's all because that serves the purpose of the Democrats. Long, they play the long con. You sit there and you go, they're going to cost them problems in this election or people don't like. It's not about nothing Democrats. Well, sometimes Democrats do things for the immediate. It's usually rile up their base, try to scare the hell out of them. But most of what they do is part of what is known as the long con. Going full bore for the next 20 years. They're in it for the cause. Conservatives, Republicans, sadly, oftentimes are just in it for the minute. So we have this situation in Oklahoma that's going to become big news if the truth doesn't get ahead of the lies. If reality doesn't get out in front of this story with necks. The Hill today. This is the Hill their tweet about it as the shocking death of a non-binary Oklahoma high school student. There she is. There's a picture of her. It's a girl. High school student reverberates through the LGBTQ community. Wait a second. Why is it just reverberate amongst the alphabet mafia? It doesn't. But they need to separate it. So that's all that really matters. There are other people, normal people. Yeah, look up the definition of the word. It's not a pejorative. Um, normal people are not supposed to care about this. Well, I'll indulge them in that. Advocacy groups. Advocacy, of course, they go to advocacy. What do you think advocacy groups are going to say? You've ever heard of an advocacy group when reached for comment said, we're not really paying attention to this one. Uh, the circumstances are not what they initially appeared to be, and we sort of, uh, we're not going to jump in both feet. We're going to wait this out and see what happens. No, they're not. The fundraising emails are flying. The millions of dollars from guilty, rich liberals are flying to these groups. And the lie is metastasizing quickly. Advocacy groups and state and federal lawmakers, Democrats, say hateful rhetoric. Rhetoric. She was killed by words. Hateful rhetoric and laws that target LGBTQ individuals are to blame, not the people who they blamed for beating. See, she was allegedly beat to death in a high school bathroom. That was the story. That was the story. Well, now, today, I'll just read you the New York Post headline. They don't actually know the cause of death, but... The headline, 16-year-old non-binary student next Benedict's death was not caused by injuries from school fight, according to police. What? We were told she was beaten to death, just like we were told that the officer up on Capitol Hill, he died from January the 6th. He died. He died the next day from a stroke. Had nothing to do with it. It was fine that night. Didn't have, but no, he died. He was murdered. 
murdered by a stroke? And all the other police officers, they were killed on January 6th. You mean the, the guy who killed himself at the end of February or the guy who killed himself at the beginning of March? Which one? How? They don't care. They're not used to, they don't really go any place where they would be asked to justify it, to explain it. So they don't have to justify and explain. This next, she was a monster. She was attacked by monsters. She was killed because she's non-binary, which again, I don't think anybody in high school would be able to define. I don't think anybody can define because it doesn't have a definition. It's not a real word. Non-binary and somebody, some kids allegedly beat her up in high school. Okay. Okay. Uh, how does that have to do with hateful rhetoric? Hey, don't mutilate the genitals of teenagers. Well, that's it. We've got our marching orders. Let's go get the boys in the pickup truck and the baseball bats and go around beating up people. Is that, I mean, I, I understand subliminal messaging and I understand subtext. I just don't see that connection right there. Laws telling school districts that the parents have to be informed if the kid is demanding to be called something different at school. Oh, no, that's that's it. That's what caused these kids to allegedly beat the hell out of them. How? How? They don't explain because they don't have to. You're afraid to not obey. You're afraid to not conform because you'll be called something. And then your boss will be told you are something and so on and so forth. They use intimidation when realistically the people who act as though they care the most about these people are the ones probably, honestly, doing the most damage to them. So in the story of Nex, N-E-X, if your kid starts demanding to be called different things, you've got... There's something going on, all right? What, I don't know. But it seems that uh, the parents of Nex Benedict, according to the reports that I've seen, have, uh, they thoroughly indulged Nex. Rather than trying, that's the problem right there. Oh, you're this? Okay. Really? Okay. It's weird. We sit there and go, oh, you're, yeah, you're, a, you're an astronaut and you're in outer space as they're bopping around the living room and they're little and you pat them on the head and you give them a sucker and you go, oh, it's so cute. You're, you're an astronaut. And then when they're just a couple years older, no real new life experience that would certainly rate on the scale of being uh, some sort of biological humanitarian expert, they go, Ah, uh, I'm a man, really. And you go, oh, well, all right. There you go. We, uh, baseball season's coming up. We better get you a jockstrap real quick. Why? Why is it? Why don't we indulge? <laughs> you know, it, think of it another way. If the kid's going, I'm an astronaut and I'm in outer space, and you immediately close your eyes and mouth and plug your nose and cover your ears and go, my God, I'm going to die in the vacuum of space. I've got to get to this, the space lock. You wouldn't do that. You wouldn't even the kid demanded you to the kid. All right, I'll play for a second like I'm in outer space. Like, well, you can't talk in outer space. Now, you know what I'm trying to do? We're go go be outer space in another room. But they come in and they say, uh, I was born in the wrong body. I'm really a dude. 
you're going to have to respect that. And I want parts of my body surgically removed. It's all good. All right, are we good? Yeah, all right. Not really asking, just telling. Anyway, see you at dinner-ish. Make sure it's vegan. You know how I am for the planet. And we there are adverse outcomes to that sort of, that level of indulgence? Who would have thought? Who would have thought such a thing? So today, well, so the story in The Hill, the headline, Advocates, Lawmakers Link Non-Binary Oklahoma Teens Death to Anti-LGBTQ Legislation and Rhetoric. The use of the word link there is misleading. The use of the word link there implies that there is a, well, a link. There is no link. They have declared it to be. That is not a link. The story, as the shocking death, shocking, shocking death, I don't know the cause of death, but it's shocking. The shocking death of a non-binary Oklahoma uh, school high school student reverberates through the LGBTQ community and nowhere else. Nowhere else. You're not allowed to grieve. Are you gay? Prove it. Kiss that guy. Nah, you won't do it, will you? You're not allowed to grieve. Advocacy groups and state and federal lawmakers say hateful rhetoric and laws target that target LGBTQ individuals are to blame for the teenager's untimely passing. They're to blame. They, they wouldn't let her mutilate her genitals. They wouldn't let her take hormone blood. Well, all right, what, what hormones are there? What, what, what do you do? What, if you're non-binary, it means you're nothing. You're neither. You're not interested, whatever. What do you do with that? You can't turn yourself into a Barbie doll. Good luck going to the bathroom there. So what do you, you just go, okay, well, fine. Go to school and get some therapy. Nix Benedict, 16, was a sophomore at Owasso High School in Owasso, Oklahoma, a Tulsa suburb of about 40,000. They, see, because they're making sure they use the proper pronouns there, they, rather than she, collapsed at home February 8th, a day after they were involved in a physical altercation in the girls' bathroom at school. Well, why the hell was they in a girls' bathroom? When it comes time to tinkle, suddenly she's fully aware of biology. The students involved in the fight, which reportedly lasted less than two minutes and was broken up by other students and a staff member, quote, walked under their own power to the assistant principal's office and nurse's office following the altercation, the school district said in a statement. Each of the students involved was given a health assessment by a registered nurse, and while school officials ultimately decided that an ambulance was not needed, quote, out of an abundance of caution, it was recommended to one parent that their student visit a a medical facility for further examination the school district said. Now, it doesn't say which student. That's curious. I don't know what it means, but they don't say which student. So, who knows? Again, weird. Each of the students' parents were notified of the incident and given the option to file a police report. Quote, we understand that for many additional 
questions remain. However, these are the facts that we are able to communicate at this juncture, Wausau School Public Schools said in a statement. Sue Benedict, Nex's grandmother and legal guardian. Oh, wait a second. There's uh, something going on there with the parents. I don't know. Maybe they've passed. Maybe there's something more with them, but you can see a situation where maybe, just maybe, a kid might have developed issues that would be uh, beneficial to have sought counseling over. Just saying. Uh, Superman's next grandmother and legal guardian told The Independent this week that she took next to Bailey Medical Center in Owasso immediately following the fight and was discharged. After speaking to a resource uh, with a resource officer, they returned the following day after next collapse, she said, and next died later that evening. Not a lot of details. And that's where the left thrives. Not a lot of details. We can just fill in the blanks. We can, we can make them whatever they are. It doesn't matter what they ultimately end up being. Right now, we must string together a narrative that fits the limited facts that we have so that Rachel Maddow can perform a monologue on Monday about this, and it will have been solidified into the consciousness of the public. People will take to the streets, and then it doesn't matter that George Floyd had three times the lethal amount of fentanyl in his system and that he actually suffocated from a drug overdose, that he did. It doesn't matter that you can kind of see on the body cam footage of the police officers him chewing something that looks like a little packet of drugs. Really quickly, police didn't notice it because in real time, they don't get to freeze video. But a narrative had been constructed and people needed to be sacrificed. And if they're police, they're barely people, according to the left. Owasso police said Tuesday that the results of an autopsy and toxicology report are pending. Now, it would be interesting. I don't know this. I'm just speculating as my right as an American. What if she had drugs in her system? Well, would that stop the narrative? They're pretty well committed to this story. It will be, I suspect, that she was driven to drug use because of the treatment she'd gotten and the pain that she was experiencing. Probably never did it before, but somehow she managed to get her hands on some some fentanyl-laced something or other. And don't think about where that fentanyl came from, by the way. Don't think about that border. You don't think about that border. You move right along. Quote, it is not known at this time if the death is related to the incident at the school or not, police said in a statement. We can assure everyone that this incident is being taken seriously and is being investigated thoroughly, end quote. Owasso Public Schools, in its statement, did not say what caused the fight to break out. In text messages shared with KOKI TV in Tulsa, next told a family member that the altercation was the result of bullying. It's weird. One one side's given out all sorts of information. That's a pretty quick recovery from a grieving process. According to Benedict, Nex had been bullied at school for being non-binary since at least the beginning of last year. Yeah, because why? Why? What? How? How would you know if anybody's non-binary? 
Well, it's because you're an insistent douche who goes around and says, this is how you must refer to me when I am not around. You must refer to me in the third person plural when I am not here. Do not use regular, normal, I'm not normal. There's nothing more annoying to people who, um, I'd say were original, were nonconformists, than somebody running around saying, I'm not normal. That's why I get angry every time I see these bumper stickers. Why be normal? Well, because what if you are, right? (laughs) What if you are? There are some people who just try too hard. All right, today uh, I'm going to get a reaction. I'm going to put a, I don't know, I'm going to put a spike through my head. I'm going to pierce my face 15 times. Yeah, what do you think of this? I don't think anything of it. I don't think about it. I don't waste time thinking about you. Okay, tomorrow I'm going to paint my face blue. What do you think? No, it's just normal. Pretend treat me like I'm normal. No, you're not normal. You're desperately normal. That's why you're scrambling so hard to be different. Different people, people who are different, just are. They don't sit around and go, look at me, look at me. Uh, dozens of L. Now, we're our, we are, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven paragraphs into this story, and it has yet to seriously address the subject of the headline that her death was somehow because of laws and refusing to let children be butchered. Isn't that weird? That's a screaming headline. And we're on the 12th paragraph now. We finally get around to these activist alphabet mafia groups. Dozens of LGBTQ advocacy groups and lawmakers have since early Monday when news of Nex's death began gaining traction on social media, mourned the teenager's death in public statements. See, they were so devastated, absolutely devastated by this death that they didn't know about it for two weeks. Yeah. Those are the ones that cut the deepest. Somebody you never met before, who in a fit of 16-year-old rebellion claims to be quite honestly if you're going to claim to be anything the the one thing you can't disprove and the one thing that requires literally nothing from them right isn't that non i'm non-binary oh so okay but if you say you're if you're a guy and you say i'm gay well then at some point maybe some other gay guy is going to go hey i want to kiss you and you go no 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 or i'm bi no yeah there's something to act on if you're non-binary, which means you're just not, you're basically neutered, you're nothing. You're like, there's no, there's no barrier to entry, and there is no test. There's no standardized test to find out anything about you and say, all right, if you're if you're a lesbian, go kiss Becky. No, I'm not going to go kiss Becky. There's nothing. If you're if you're non-binary, sit there. Ooh, oh, God, we'll pass the test. There you go. This, again, is the indulgence nature of society and where the problems come in. There's no barrier to entry. There's no proof. There's nothing. Because you can't prove it. It's a ridiculous concept. I I feel like a woman. What does a woman feel like? Um, I don't know. There's that Shania Twain song. No, no. Explain to me what a woman feels like. Because I know what I feel like. I have no idea what another man feels like. 
just sitting there and you know consciously i don't ever sit there and go this is me i am in my own skin i am being myself it doesn't ever occur to me i've dated some women who claimed to have had some sort of weird existential i need to figure out who i am crap but whatever never heard a man go i need to figure i need some me time never no but forget about trying to explain what an opposite gender is. Think of it this way. Try and explain what chocolate tastes like without using the word chocolate. Can you do it? Can you explain what chocolate to, to somebody? If you had somebody sitting in front of you, no idea what chocolate, never had chocolate, never even heard of chocolate, never smelled chocolate, nothing, and you don't have any chocolate there, to say, here, taste this, lick this, smell this, whatever. You can get a sense of the taste from the smell. If it's just somebody sitting there, I just got here from, I've, I've lived underground my whole life. We thought, you know, I'm, what would you be, like 62 years old because they're six, I'm 60 years old, the Cuban Missile Crisis. They thought, my parents thought that everything was going sideways. My mom just gave birth to me. We went underground. We just came out. I hear some people talking about chocolate. What is chocolate? Explain to me what chocolate... Don't tell me what it is or the making of it process. Explain to me the taste. How would you do that? Everybody knows what... Even if you're sitting there talking to somebody who does know what chocolate tastes like. How would you explain the taste to them without that knowing look of, you know, you know, like, you know, it tastes like chocolate sweet it's got the like a buttery kind of milky chocolatey but it's impossible it's imp explain is forget chocolate explain what a steak tastes like a, a really good steak assuming the other person has no idea what steak tastes like you can't do it but somehow we're supposed to believe that these people are all so in tuned with whatever it is in their psyche that allows them to know an impossibility. You can't know what another man feels like if you're a man or another woman feels like. You can have similarities. But if you go, hey, do you like chocolate? I love chocolate. Do you like chocolate? No, I don't. Well, wait a second. We're both women. Why don't we? Because like? everybody's different. Everybody experiences things different. I remember we'd, uh, we used to go to a lot of bars back when I was living in Detroit. A lot of bars. And Friday nights and Wednesday nights, we'd go to the shelter. Not not the fake shelter that's from uh, Eminem's movie. The, no, the shelter was in the basement, is still in the basement of St. Andrew's Hall. On Fridays, they had three floors of fun. On Wednesdays, it was $6 cover and all the drinks were free. You just had a tip. It was awesome. And um, we're sitting there one night and we're smokers. Me and my friend George and I think Jeff was there, maybe Kyle. And we're sitting in our usual spot, standing in our usual spot by the bar, and then everybody starts coughing. Everybody starts like rubbing. Everybody starts leaving the area. Even George is having a tough. I didn't know what the hell was going on. I said, "What's wrong?" Somebody had lit off pepper spray or stink bomb or whatever the hell. I don't know what it was. And uh, everybody was choking out by it, and they they left. They like left the area to get away from it. I didn't notice it. I didn't notice it. And it wasn't pepper spray because I've smelt pepper spray before. It doesn't hurt me nearly as bad as other people. Some people are just immune to it. But whatever it was, it was one of those kind of things that bear repellent, whatever, that is supposed to you know, 
stop people or whatever. It didn't impact me. Sitting there smoking my cigarette going, I don't get what the problem is. You couldn't explain to me what that feeling was or what that smell was or that taste or whatever it was. You couldn't because I can't experience it. I couldn't tell you what a woman is. I couldn't tell you what another man is. But somehow we're supposed to believe that every 12-year-old with a notion because they saw a very special episode of, I don't even know what the hell, Gilmore Girls, is suddenly an expert in these things. I don't, I don't think so. I'm not buying it. And it makes me heartless and it makes me part of the problem. But the real part of the problem is before they even get to making an argument, they need 11 paragraphs of explanation to distract from their screaming headline. That's the real problem. So now we're on paragraph 12. Dozens. They're all ready to go. Dozens of LGBTQ advocacy groups and lawmakers have since early Monday when news began. Many linked the bullying that allegedly caused the fight between Nick's and their classmates, God, this is just obnoxious, to a slate of laws passed in Oklahoma last year targeting LGBTQ people. It, if Are you being targeted? Do, would you feel put upon if somebody said, hey, you're not going to be able to slice parts of that kid's body off, all right? You, 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 no, 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 no. The kid is going to have to be an adult before you are able to take anything out of it. Are you oppressed? Are you targeted? My God, the victimhood. All I wanted to do was perform a double mastectomy on a perfectly healthy 13-year-old, and these Nazis will not let me do it. What kind of monsters are these people? See, if you, if that occurs to you, I both want to hear from you and never want to be, never want to hear from you. You know, I want to, I want to know who you are so I can keep an eye on you. The state is one of nearly two dozen to ban gender-affirming health care for transgender minors. You've got to love, who is this piece of crap reporter that did this? Somebody, Brooke Migdon, Migdon, M-I-G-D-O-N. It's gender-affirming care, I tell you. It's gender-affirming care. Nobody knows better biology and what human experiences are than a prepubescent teenager. Ban gender-affirming care for transgender minors. Look, my kids are in another room in the house right now. I could go starting today to convince them that they're something they're not. And insist upon it. They would be very skeptical at first, but the position of authority that I hold in their lives as their father, they and as well behaved as they are, I'd say within a week I could convince them of something that is absolutely asinine and ridiculous. Ridiculous. I could do that. Isn't it weird how these people always seem to have parents and support systems and school systems and communities? that are ready to do the same thing. And of course, these communities, there's a lot of money and power and influence in politics. Look, the uh, alphabet mafia, which is about, what, 1%, 2% of the population, controls a whole lot of, they have a lot of influence. Why? Because they have such brilliant ideas? No, no. Go to a pride parade and you will think, 
you you'll need a silkwood shower after it just by wa- watch it from the air watch it from the roof of a building and you will feel dirty afterwards you just go this is gross this is your whole you mean your whole culture is based on your genitals and what you do with it that's why conservative gays just go ugh no they're not prudes but my god grinding in front of a 5 year old because it's pride day how about dignity day can you have one of those huh can you have a dignity day while wearing assless chaps i don't think you can i think that that is an impossibility both biologically and mentally but they control an awful lot of the political wing why not because they have brilliant ideas not because they have a lot of money that they give to politicians although there is that it's because they're useful they're useful to the progressive movement you can if you can be used weaponized your existence to be uh, to allow a democrat to call somebody an ist or a phobe whatever the precedes it they're going to love you they're going to love you unless you don't obey unless you don't obey i have a a friend from high school my oldest friend gay always knew he was gay there was no question about it but he was conservative he was a republican we were in politics together and uh once he finally came out like yeah no kidding dude we know that and he tried to be a liberal for a while. He just went down the path. It's probably the path of least resistance and easier. He was pretty outspoken conservative. He just backed off of it. And then he didn't become political for a while. And he still he lives in San Francisco now. His Facebook, you would think, okay, he's down with the struggle. Down with the struggle. Our text messages, our phone conversations when we catch up. The things, the news stories he sends me because he knows what I do. They tell a different story. They tell the story of my friend from high school. This is still the same person. Still looks at the things that the left does and go, this is ridiculous. But I understand why he doesn't want to post that to his Facebook. Because he's got to live. He's got to work. He's got to, you know, he's got a group of friends that they found out. It's weird because he lost no friends when he came out as gay. But he would lose a lot of friends if he came out as conservative. Now, all these years later, it's weird. And it's funny and it's sad. It's all of those things. But that's how it works. You're useful. Clarence Thomas, we love black people. We are protecting black people from evil whitey Republicans who want to force upon them the indignity of thinking that they could possibly ever traverse the complicated process of getting a photo-issued state ID. Like, huh? Yeah, no, 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 no. But that doesn't make any sense. Anybody can get a, a, a photo ID from the state. It's, you know, No, 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 everybody, it's science. If you require a photo ID, you're disenfranchising black people. And there, every black person I know sitting there going what in the of all the arguments that's like the dumbest and most offensive that black people can't get a photo id somehow and if they are people out there who can't get a photo id how about you find them and get them a photo id spend the millions of dollars not fighting the idea of a photo id and uh, spend it to find the 12 people who somehow fell through the cracks 
and get them a photo ID so that they can start working, so that they can start having bank accounts and buy alcohol and vote and travel and all that good stuff. What about that? No, no, no. They're not interested in that. They say, black, we're, we are the protectors of black people. Never mind that giant pile of dead black people over there in our cities. Just, we love, oh, Clarence Thomas, he's an Uncle Tom, forget him, he's worthless, he needs to resign, he is a disgrace, skin folk does not make you kin folk, he is not really black, even though he actually grew up in the segregated South, and, you know, was raised by his grandparents, like, there's everything about his life that if you made it about anybody else who was black's life, the left would go, this, this is turning me on. This is sexually arousing me and making me dizzy. I must make this into a movie. But then you go, well, it's actually the uh, life story of Clarence Thomas. And they go, ugh, ugh, I gotta go vomit. If you're useful to the Democrats, you matter to the Democrats. It doesn't matter. The Alphabet Mafia members in leadership in the Democratic Party, in the progressive movement, they're the same way. Progressives are progressives first. Anything else they are is coincidental and a distant second. Just happen to be, oh, you happen to be this, you happen to be that. Whatever else you, you happen to be gay. If you're in leadership, you don't care. The thing that matters is the power, is the agenda, is your own influence, is your life being better than everybody else's at the expense of anybody else. You don't really care. It's gross, really, when you get down to it. But, you know, what do you expect from the left? So you'll exploit and dance on the grave of a 16-year-old without knowing how she died, why she died, what it was. Maybe it was the result of a hate crime attack. Maybe it was a result of a drug deal gone bad. Matthew Shepard, remember him? Hallowed be thy name, Matthew Shepard. There is There was a movie made about He was... I think it was Wyoming, somewhere out west in the middle of nowhere. Matthew Shepard was beaten to death because he was gay. He was the best person morally in that state. That's just science. And he was beaten to death because, expressly because he was gay. That was the story. And he was chained or taped or whatever to a fence. And man, he became a symbol for the 90s and he got the Matthew Shepard hate crime law passed in his honor because if you're going to kill somebody because they're gay, you're a monster. And then every everybody involved went to jail. It was horrible. It was conventional wisdom and nobody bothered to actually look at the case. It was a drug deal that went bad. A drug deal that went uh, suppliers demanding payment for previously delivered drugs. <gasps> drugs in the gay community? What? What? Yeah, there's a lot of drugs in the gay community. Why? Because, well, I think some people, especially in the further you go down in the alphabet there, have those mental problems you're talking about. Maybe that they would be not saying you can pray the gay away or you can convince that not at all but if you really think that you're a pansexual or there's something else going on you might your confusion might be aided by some professional therapy right that's what i'm talking about 
You're not allowed to say that, but I don't care. And because um, it needs to be said, so we'll just say it. But Matthew Shepard was also one of the two people that, one of the two homophobes, I should say. What am I doing? I, I apologize to every One of the two monstrous homophobes who killed Matthew Shepard. Used to sleep with him. You know, as all good homophobes do, right? I'm so homophobic, I could have relations with a guy. What? Yeah, true story. Look it up. But it's true. Somebody bothered... Now, they're not going to really talk about it. They are not going to really get into it. Because, well... It's too useful for them. There's the Matthew Shepard Foundation. You see commercials for them on TV every once in a while. It is a very useful lie. And they're not about to let that lie go. George Floyd overdosed on fentanyl. How do I know that? Well, because the toxicology report talks about it. Also, say, well, the guy kneeled on his neck for eight minutes and whatever many seconds. Okay. It's all on video. It's not a good look. But he's breathing. He's talking. If you are... It's a good rule of thumb. If you're insisting that you can't breathe, you're really just having difficulty breathing. Because if you really can't breathe, you're not going to be able to talk very well. Somebody who's choking and god forbid anybody choke nobody wants anybody to choke on food but one of the signs that the heimlich maneuver is needed is that person's inability to tell you that they're choking because their airwaves are cut off their ability to audibly make any sound is cut off that's why they're banging on things that's why they're turning blue that's why they're making the gestures for their neck then you give them the heimlich maneuver somebody who can't breathe somebody who's having difficulty breathing because their body is going through an overdose is telling you they can't breathe you can't really unless you put all of your weight literally all of your weight and then even maybe not between the shoulder blades or up high on the shoulder blades on somebody, you're not going to be able to suffocate them. Not very easily. And it sure as hell, if you manage to hit that sweet spot, it would not take you almost nine minutes. If you can put somebody out quickly in a chokehold for in about three seconds, it's not going to take you nine minutes leaning on somebody. But a myth was created, a narrative was created, and it became useful to the Democrats. And so the truth be damned. If you're interested at all about Matt Shepard, there is a book called The Book of Matt, Hidden Truths About the Murder of Matthew Shepard. Check it out. It's available on Amazon. Hasn't been banned yet. It's weird. The people, they don't, you won't find it in a public library probably, but you can find it at uh, certain bookstores. But it is a perverse world. Do you really think these Democrats care about this 16-year-old girl? 
The state, meaning Oklahoma, back to the health story, is one of nearly two dozen to ban gender-affirming care for transgender minors. And Republican Governor Kevin Stitt last year signed an executive order directing state agencies to adopt narrow definitions of male and female that exclude trans people. Narrow meaning the definition everybody knows, the definition everybody grew up, they exclude trans people. What, did they write like male is uh, biologically a male or XY chromosome? Is that what they did? Those bastards. Those bastards. Did they write into law that men don't have vaginas? Those monsters. They're worse than the Nazis. Stitt in 2022 signed legislation barring transgender individuals, including students, from using bathrooms at K-12 schools that match their gender identity. Well, that's all well and good, except for the person we're talking about here, little Nex. The gender identity was nothing. Non-bias, whatever it is, it's nothing that it is. It depends on the moment. It's whatever I feel like. And the incident happened in the ladies' room, which is where Nex actually belonged. But why let the facts stand in the way of a good story? Hmm? This year, state legislators have already proposed more than 50 anti-LGBTQ laws, according to the ACLU, more than any other state. Notice what this so-called reporter does. They are anti-LGBTQ laws. Well, what are they? Are they that you can just murder willy-nilly? Gay person? Is it going to be a wood chipper? brought through the neighborhood so that neighbors can drag their LGBTQRSTUVWXYZ neighbors out there and throw them into the wood chipper? Or is it things like, hey, don't talk about your sex life with your kindergarten class? Hey, don't, um, you don't need 15 different convulsion-inducing flags hanging from your walls in your math class, all right? Maybe just focus on teaching math. The key party orgy you went to over the weekend with the non-binary referee and the donkey probably doesn't need to be, you know, have a slideshow with the description of it to your fifth graders. Is that what they're talking about? You think that's absurd? What, what, are there more than 50? They've proposed more than 50 anti-LGBTQ... Come up with 10. Like, what the hell would they do? Well, you can't talk to kindergartners about sex. Well, what a monster. Well, my question is, why the hell do you want to? You're the problem if you want to. The problem is the liberal teachers who desperately seek affirmation from external sources. Pay attention to me, love me, accept me, praise me for being me. You're not worthy of praise for being you. Do something and we'll talk. But who you sleep with is not an accomplishment. And it's certainly not something, if you need external validation from kids, from kids, kind of goes back to that idea I brought up earlier about the need for mental health doesn't it i think it does one last little thing before a different story before we move off this uh, trans story which i'm sure will become bigger and bigger and bigger 
even if the facts become contrary to the narrative that is already out there. In the New York Post, there's another story, and this just to tell you the extent. As everybody tells you, we're just, on the left, we're such a horrible, homophobic, transformic, anti-alphabet mafia country. Meanie, meanie, bumbalini. This story from New York Post. Transgender killer smirks at grieving family of slain Oregon cab driver after learning their fate in deadly stabbing. There in the headline. Learning, it should be learning his fate. But keep that in mind. An Oregon killer smirked as the grieving family of the cabbie they fatally stabbed. It was one person, not a series of, of killers. They fatally stabbed, spoke in court, while they refused to take responsibility for last year's Easter Sunday tragedy. Moses J. Lopez, 30, who identifies as transgender, was sentenced to 22 years in prison on Wednesday for the stabbing death of 43-year-old Reese Lawhorn, a driver for radio cab in Portland. Lopez had pleaded guilty to first-degree manslaughter and unlawful use of a weapon in exchange for Circuit Court Judge Heidi Mawad giving the 22-year sentence, a lesser penalty compared to the original second-degree murder charge Lopez initially faced. Now, there he is. Five o'clock shadow, as all women do. Hair pulled up in a bun and will likely be sent off to a women's prison. It doesn't address that in this story. Will likely be sent off to a women's prison. Because why? Because he gamed the system. 22 years of being the big man on campus. Yeah, Something tells me if you're inclined to murder a cab driver, you're probably not just this side of finishing your PhD in astrophysics and probably just about to get your own TV show on the Discovery Network and start making tens of millions of dollars. You're probably not that guy. You're probably a bit of a degenerate. Now, you basically, you definitely will find a lot of women who will go for a degenerate. Can't help but notice your prison tattoos. Can I buy you a drink? Probably not unfamiliar to you. There are a lot of genuinely stupid people in this world. But this guy, Moses J. Lopez, has figured out how to beat the system. I'm transgender. Put me in a women's prison. I will get my pick of the litter. Right? It'll be awesome. And in the face of this absurdity, just to show you how far this perverse progressive mentality has metastasized into our society. The conservative New York Post, owned and operated by News Corp, Rupert Murdoch, the same people that bring you the Wall Street Journal and Fox News, they take great pains in this story to make sure to not offend the murderous thug who's going to spend the next 22 years in a women's prison. Having God knows, how many kids are you going to pull off in a women's prison? A hundred? Two hundred? He's going to break the record. They make sure that the New York Post, that they refer to, I'm referring to the paper as they because it employs a lot of people. It's multiple people, plural. 
they refer to the killer by third-person plural pronouns. Because you wouldn't want to offend somebody who's a murdering pile of garbage now, would you? That would be wrong. What What kind of monster? Yes, he killed somebody, but I will not kill his, or I mean their, uh, self-esteem. I will not be a party to that. I'm not a monster. They are. <laughs> Although you're you're pluralizing the uh, are you, uh, they is right. Should be they. Is. It's just absurd. This is how far it's gone. This is how far it's gotten. Obviously, a guy. Obviously, not even close. Not even close. And this is what we're dealing with. And you sit there and you wonder why it is the left wins in these things. Why is it the left always seems to have the upper hand? It's because so much of the right is... Mm, when it comes to the content of the front of their underpants, they are non-binary. Let's just put it that way. They are non-binary. There's nothing going on down there. A Ken doll has more going on downstairs. They don't want to be offended. You sit there and you go, well, they're conservative. No, no, maybe the ownership is conservative. Maybe some of the people above the fold, some of the columnists are conservative. Some of the commentators are conservative. Some of the hosts on the TV show are conservative. Management isn't necessarily conservative. Management is in the business of business. And then they undercut. They send down decrees. You watch Fox News. What do you, if we had a dollar for every time they said the word migrant, you'd be rich. They aren't migrants. But the left has decreed that they be called migrants because no person is illegal. No person is illegal. And they're not aliens. They're from here. You're a monster. No person is illegal. You can't call them illegal aliens. That's what they are. It's in the law what they've always been, but in an attempt to frame and control the debate and the narrative, you control the language, you control everything. You control the language, you get people to jump through hoops. They're, they were undocumented for about 20 minutes, and now they're, they're uh, on their way to becoming new Americans, but right now they're just, they're just migrants. Migrants has a, has a definition. Migrants migrate. They come and go. They ebb and flow. They follow the work. These people aren't following the work. These people aren't going anywhere. They're never leaving here unless they're forced to. They're not migrants. They have no intention of migrating. But you can't call them, the left has decreed, you can't call them illegal aliens. And so dutifully, Fox follows suit. All of them? What are the odds that everybody on a network, dozens of people, dozens of people, all use this same term uniformly, Without question, what are the odds? What are the odds that that happened organically? None. None. You go back two years, three years, or whatever. You, I guarantee, they're all talking illegal alien. They're all talking illegal alien. Now it's migrant, migrant, migrant. A memo was dispatched, and while they might be conservative, at least on air, the people who signed the front of their checks have a different idea and when you get big enough checks you like getting those big checks you're going to conform you know all right well it's a minor thing it's not really you can convince yourself of anything yes 
All in all, it's just another brick in the wall. Every little thing that the left demands is minor. But you put them all together and you see that each little tiny little fleck is part of a mosaic and that mosaic is about control. It can be something as innocuous as, well, it was Kiev your whole life. Now it's Kiev. Why? So they can correct you. So that you obey them. You get used to it. It's a Carnegie endowment for the Carnegie Hall. Now it's Carnegie. Why did Andrew Carnegie come back from the dead and say, you've been mispronouncing my name all wrong? No, he was alive when people were pronouncing his name. We know how he pronounced his name. It's just an opportunity for them to insist that you are wrong and get you to blindly change the way you talk, the way you conduct yourself. It's innocuous. It's minor. It's the big things, too. It's on everything. Use they, them pronouns when I'm not around. Okay, I don't want to. I don't want to offend you. Well, why don't you have to worry about offending me? Because you know what offends me? You forcing me to participate in your delusions. That offends me. I refuse. I'm so worried about your being offended that I'm supposed to be offended. It's not going to happen. I'm not interested. I don't want to be your friend. I don't want to be. I'm not interested in being almost anybody's friend. I got a lot of friends. I'm good. I'm full up. None of them make demands that you must talk about things this way. You know why? Because I don't make those kind of demands on them either. They can say whatever the hell they want, even if I disagree with it, especially if I disagree with it. Because the more I hear from people in my life, friends in my life that I disagree with, the more I know they're real friends. You're fr- you shouldn't be afraid to tell your friends what you really believe, what you think, even especially if you disagree with them. So the more they disagree with me, the more they tell me I'm full of it, the more I know that this person is around. They're not going to head. You know what? I'm full of it. I'm never going to speak to you again. No, it's you're full of it. And here's why. And then we go back to eating dinner or watching the game or playing a game or whatever it is we're doing. That's the sign of true friendship, not blind obedience to make sure, oh man, I want to make sure I never offend you. No way. I'm going to offend you. Not going to do it on purpose most of the time, but sometimes I might. Sometimes you're going to offend me on purpose. So what? Grow the hell up. The world would be so much better if people would just grow the hell up and instead we've got this whole culture of massive indulgence. Massive indulgence and anything short of absolute indulgence and complicity and acquiescence to insanity is somehow considered a hate crime. Well, we're screwed if we let that take hold. All right, uh, let's shift gears back to, instead of the non-binary, let's talk about the non-there. Joe Biden. It's really He's been going around the country doing what? He's been going around the country talking about how those mega Republicans, they want to destroy democracy. They hate democracy. They don't like democracy. They don't blah, 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 democracy. Well, to hear him tell it, they, those evil, evil Republicans, they would even ignore a Supreme Court decree. That's how far gone they are. They, are, they would try and demonize the Supreme 
Of course, Democrats have done nothing. It's an illegitimate court. It's a this court. It's a that court. It's an extremist. They want to pack the court because they're not getting their way. It's really weird. It's like some abusive husband complaining about how some other guy smacked his wife. Can you believe somebody would do that? He talked back. He told her to shut up at dinner. Can you believe that as he's pummeling his own wife? Yeah, he... I'm pretty sure your wife would appreciate you just telling her to shut up a hell of a lot more than you dislocating her jaw. Just saying. But that's what Democrats are. The Democrats are just Republicans are destroying democracy and therefore we must get Trump banned from the ballot. We must remove every Republican we can from the ballot. We must call them Nazis. We must find ways to throw as many of them in prison as possible. We must ruin Donald Trump financially. Well, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's a total threat to democracy there you're, <laughs> you're engaging in. Well, as Joe Biden continues his dementia tour, talking about how Republicans, MAGA Republicans, are a threat to democracy, I want to draw attention to what he is in the midst of doing himself. He's not about to let the Supreme Court of the United States stop him to stand in his way when it comes to student loan, student loan issues. Yesterday, I have two clips here of Joe Biden. He made a point that the Supreme Court, I had to put, cut this in two. Normally, I would have just done one. But I had to cut it in two because he makes a point that the Supreme Court told him he couldn't do something, and he's doing it anyway. Which for some, again, what the left does, there's so many ironies, so many hypocrisies, however you prefer to look at it. But to sit there and talk about how the other side is a threat to democracy, and you have looked at the judicial branch, branch and said, that's a neat little decision you got there. Not interested, not going to adhere to it. It, it, It's shades of much less dramatic scale, but things tend to ramp up quickly once you embrace the concept. Shades of Andrew Jackson. Andrew Jackson, The Trail of Tears. I believe it was, I'm going off memory here, but it's been a long time. It was the Seminole Indians. Some Indians down in Florida or Georgia way, they... uh, were being re- they'd been relocated and were promised that they wouldn't have to be relocated again. And Andrew Jackson comes along and says, yeah, now we're going to make you get the hell out of here and start marching west. Well, they said, we're going to play the game. We're going to sue. And they sued. And it went all the way to the Supreme Court. And they won. They won. Now, they'd already been forcibly marched out of the territory that Andrew Jackson Want and celebrated Democrat, by the way, Andrew Jackson. Andrew Jackson had wanted, so they're already on their way marching west. And they won. And like, oh man, what's going to happen? How they they won their case? You can't do this. And Andrew Jackson's response was somewhere along the lines of paraphrasing here: "Let the Supreme Court send their army down there to enforce it." Right? They got the order. Let the Supreme Court send their army down there to enforce it. In other words, here's my middle finger sit and spin. You can't make me do anything. It was ridiculous. It was a threat to democracy. It was it was a thumb in the eye of our system of government. It was a, you got nice checks and balances there. I don't give a damn. 
I'm going to impose my will. It's it was essentially political date rape. Like, I'm going to just do it. I don't care what you want. Joe Biden's doing the same thing on a much less, well, on financially on a, on a grander scale, but, uh, you know, from a human toll on a uh, less grand scale. But it will ramp up if there are, let's say there's a, a Supreme Court victory on the border somewhere down the line where the president is forced to enforce the law. Right? He can't just sit there willy-nilly and go, ah, I don't really care, not interested, come one, come all, come on in, the water's fine. The court says, no, you must enforce the law, and you've got to deport these people. Just, I mean, it's out of left field, but let's just pretend that that's the case. If Joe Biden refuses to, would that surprise you? He's already defied the Supreme Court on the student loan issue. And he's proudly bragging about defying the Supreme Court on the student loan issue. Why wouldn't he? He's declaring that to be a too big of an it's too important to adhere to the Supreme Court's ruling. Well, then the same thing could be said about just about anything. Once you break this dam, it becomes problematic. Then there's no no problem. Look, the first time you 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 do something illegal is is shoplift let's just use shoplift or do drugs or whatever say you steal something you you feel a rush if i shouldn't do this and then a rush of oh my god and you got away with it and then the next time you you're a little less rushy a little less excited about it but you still do it you still do it and you do it and you do it over and over and over again you steal bigger and bigger bigger things or you do drugs and you go that was a rush i can't believe that and then you do it again and again and then the more you do it the more you need to do it for the rush and then the more you need to do to get that same rush because you're just not getting it from the same thing once you broach the concept once you breach the concept there's no stopping it really except you the honor system well the person who's doing something like this doesn't have much honor so i wouldn't trust much to their honor system but uh listen to joe biden yesterday he's not going to let the supreme court stop him a little thing like this early in my term i announced a major plan to provide millions of working families with debt relief for their college student debt tens of millions of people in debt were literally about to be canceled their debts but my MAGA Republican friends in the Congress, elected officials and special interests, stepped in and sued us. And the Supreme Court blocked it. It blocked it. But that didn't stop me. That didn't stop me. The Supreme Court blocked it. But that didn't stop me. That sounds like a confession. And in reality, if we had sane, rational government and an honest media and everything else and all things being what they're supposed to be, that would be an impeachable offense right there. Andrew Jackson should have been impeached over what he did. But because it's, you know, not a trail of tears and a string of dead people across the Gulf states, it is the same concept. We either have checks and balances or we don't have checks and balances. See, once you break the the hymen of the... Uh, the way things are done, it, they never go back. It's never going to go back. How do you get it back? Once Harry Reid said, we're going to get rid of the filibuster for presidential nominees because these Republicans, 
won't let everybody Barack Obama wants we want through. And they said, well, you're going to regret that. You're going to live to regret that, Harry. And he did. Because Republicans took the Senate, Republicans took the White House, and we now have three conservative Supreme Court justices because of it. And they're all, well, you can't, I can't believe you did this. You did, you, what you're saying is you can't believe we're doing to you what you do to us. Well, I wholeheartedly support doing to them what they do to us and doing it twice as hard, doing it twice as bad. That's one of the things I admire about Donald Trump is when he's hit, he hits back and he hits back harder. You don't hit back. Everybody ever get into a fight where, all right, we're going to fight and uh, I want to, my plan is to fight to a draw. Anybody? No. First of all, you get your ass kicked if you do that. It's just stupid strategy. But if that's your plan, you're, you have no business going out there. You're going to get hurt. You go out there to win. You go out there to win. But the president, there's the president of the United States bragging. Yeah, the Supreme Court told me no, but I found another. And, you're, and there wasn't a single reporter there, and there isn't a single report today going, hey, what the president is doing is uh, directly contrary to what the Supreme Court said he could do. See, the argument that the White House is trying to make, it doesn't hold water, but they're trying to make it, is the Supreme Court said you can't do $400 billion all at once. That's absurd. You don't have that. But they're doing it piecemeal. A few hundred million here, a few hundred million there. They want to get as close to that number as possible. And you go, well, the Supreme Court said you can't do it. No, the Supreme Court said we can't do it all at once. We're finding weaselly ways. To, no, well, there's a, the ultimate weasel way to do it would be to simply pass legislation, introduce legislation, let the legislative body discuss it. And you go, well, the Republicans would block it. Democrats control the United States Senate. You could introduce this bill in the United States Senate. Democrats, Chuck Schumer could force, force, Debate, discussions, hearings, votes on this very concept. If you think that this is the way to go, then you make the case. They're all on your team. Get them out there. Let Elizabeth Warren, who's been running around saying, we should do this, we should forever, finally put pen to paper and write a piece of legislation rather than simply try to get the President of the United States to impose dictatorial decrees on this. And you say, well, Derek, spending bills have to originate in the House of Representatives. Yes, they do, constitutionally. Which makes it all the more weird that the Ukraine spending bill that the Democrats ran through in the House and are now grousing and whining that the House won't take it, and they ran through in the Senate, and now grousing and whining that the Republicans won't take up in the House. It's weird that that originated in the Senate. How is that possible when it is so blatantly unconstitutional? The Constitution is unambiguous. Spending measures and revenue measures shall originate in the House of Representatives. Well, it's because they set their own rules. Yeah, they're constitutionally bound. The, the House of Representatives passed some bill. Whatever it is, could be anything. The way it works, and this is true for both parties, 
The Senate Majority Leader just takes, here's a spending bill from the House. Originated, we want to spend five bucks buying big league chew for every kid named Jimmy who lives in Poughkeepsie, New York. Like, All right, we'll pass that. And there's a spending bill. And the, the Senate takes that and they say, we're going to take up this little Jimmy big league chew spending bill. But what we're going to do is we're going to take all the text out of it and replace it with our text. It's the same bill. It's the same bill number. It's the same. Oh, but it's nothing to do with the old one. And you sit there and you go, that's ridiculous. What kind of adult would, well, the people we elect to Congress. That's what kind of adult would do that. They look at the plain language of the law of the Constitution and they say, but that doesn't suit my needs at the moment. So we're going to make it mean something else. We took up this bill about uh, spending for uh, a school in Oregon and now we've substituted in Ukrainian funding. There, the bill didn't originate in the House, technically, or in the Senate, because we took up a House bill. And you sit there, and that's crap. That's... So they could do this if they wanted to on student loans. Elizabeth Warren could insist on it. Chuck Schumer could make it happen if they wanted to. But instead, they're all content, weirdly, to have the President of the United States stand up and moon the Supreme Court of the United States, look at a direct decision, an unambiguous decision from the Supreme Court and say, screw you, not interested. I'm going to do it anyway. I'm just going to do it piecemeal. And I'll do it in ways and quickly in bites that by the time any case makes it back to you, it will be done and it can't be undone. You want to talk about dictatorial powers right there. That's what it is. And yet they'll whine and complain if a Republican issues an executive order for anything. The border. Hey, we're going to secure our border. My God, those Nazis out there, they're so horrible. Huh? Joe wasn't done. I just wanted to stop it right there because it's like, the Supreme Court told me no, but I did it anyway. It's a hell It's, think of it this way if you need an analogy. In this scenario, Joe Biden is Senator Joe Biden and the Supreme Court is low-level staffer Tara Reid. And they're in the hallway of the Capitol building. Tara Reid says no. And Joe Biden says, come on, man. Joe wasn't done talking about the Supreme Court, though. He laid out his plans of how he's going to go ahead and thwart it. And not a single Democrat gives a damn. They are sitting there going, please, yes, make the legislative body irrelevant. And frankly, it is. And we should... These people shouldn't be paid if they are actively advocating for the abdication of their own power to another co-equal branch of government. That means they're not going to do their job. Why should they get paid to do it? I mean, they're paid a pittance compared to what they make on insider stock trading. So, I mean, what are you going to do? Anyway, here is the rest of what the president said. And I announced we we're going to pursue alternative paths for student debt relief uh, for as many borrowers as possible. And that's the effort that's been underway the last two years. I fixed what's called the SAVE plan. It existed, but I fixed it to make it the most affordable repayment plan ever. Before I took office, student borrowers had to pay 10% of their discretionary income on a monthly basis. If they made less than, if they didn't have enough to do that, they were able to not have to pay that month, but their interest continued. A lot of people don't have the means to do that, though. Under my SAVE plan, we're cutting in half to 5% 
the undergraduate borrowers, what undergraduate borrowers have to pay after their living expenses are accounted for. That means no one with an undergraduate loan, whether it's a community college or a four-year college, will have to pay more than 5 percent of the discretionary income to repay those loans starting in July. And that's income after you pay for necessities like food and housing. Already 7.5 million Americans have enrolled in this so-called SAVE plan. And there's more than 4 million of those borrowers had their monthly payments dropped to zero if they were living paycheck to paycheck below a certain level. This plan is the most generous repayment program ever, and today we're doing it even faster and quicker than ever before. I'm proud to announce our SAVE plan. We are immediately canceling the debt loans for over 150,000 borrowers, nearly six months ahead of schedule. Starting today, we're canceling student debt for borrowers who are enrolled in the SAVE plan and have been paying student loans for as little as 10 years if they took less than if they borrow less than $2,000, it's forgiven. The $12,000, excuse me. It's, the loan is forgiven. This act will be a huge help to graduates of community college and borrowers of smaller loans, putting them back on track faster for debt forgiveness than ever before. This builds on other progress I've made in canceling student debt for close to 4 million Americans through various actions. Yeah. Screw you, Supreme Court. I'm going to do what I want. Screw you, Congress. I'm not going to involve you either because you won't do my will. Oh, and by the way, it's Republicans who create and and, uh, represent a threat to democracy somehow. Go ahead and square that circle. Good luck with that one. One of the things about those clips of Joe Biden, doesn't he always sound like death warmed over? Like, honestly, I get it. He's he's 81 years old. He's not super spry and he's up there. And, you know, my father was 83 when, when he passed away. And he certainly wasn't the the guy I remember when I was a kid. But but he was more with it than, than this guy. He's he's reading a teleprompter. And he seems unfamiliar with the not even just the con. He seems unfamiliar with the language sometimes. And maybe focus burns a lot more calories. I don't know. But maybe his diet, I think he needs diet. He needs some sort of change in his diet. He's like, uh, the Supreme Court told me no. And I told Tara Reid, come on, babe, don't be so uptight. Come on, man. We had to. It's like George W. Bush. I had to uh, defy capitalism or destroy capitalism to save it. I had to violate the... I had to defy this. I had to become a totalitarian in order to save democracy. That doesn't make any sense. We need to get Donald Trump off the ballot in order to save democracy. I won't debate him in order to save democracy. I'm not going to legitimize him. And realistically, what are the odds that, that Joe Biden shows up to any presidential debate? Now, he has the cover of it's Donald Trump, and I can't legitimize him. But what if it had been DeSantis? What if it had been even Asa Hutchison? What if it had been anybody else? He couldn't debate them. He can't debate. He's got a convenient, I will not elevate that man, sort of erudite F you to the the country saying I'm doing it for their own good for the sake of democracy I need to do this that and the other thing I can't 
engage in a discussion of ideas for the sake of democracy. Hmm. I'm going to travel around, read the teleprompter, call him a hate monger and a Nazi, but I will not debate him because then you might see him defend himself from those allegations and discover the irony and hypocrisy of what I'm doing. And I can't risk that because if somebody were to call me on that, I wouldn't even know how to respond because I'm not very bright. It's just gross, but he does. He sounds like death warmed over all, and he looks like death warmed over. You gotta. I was not about to let the Supreme Court do that. What its job? You're not going to let the legislature do its job. You're not even. You're not even gonna, one of the things. It's weird on the border. I can't do anything. I need the legislature to act. My hands are tied. Even though the first two weeks he signed 91 executive orders related to the border on doing things that were already done and were working. I can't, I must, I can't need the legislature on this. Why? Because he wants to bloody up Republicans' hands, get them involved and to get them dirty under the nails. Yeah, well, what you passed was a disgrace, but you guys passed as a bipartisan bill. That's why it was so good and we're so lucky that Republicans actually grew a pair and said no to that. But he needs Congress on something that is wholly within the confines of the executive branch, border enforcement, national security. And he doesn't need Congress on something that is expressly a spending issue. The Supreme Court said you cannot do it alone. Kind of weird, isn't it? I find it weird. So I want to, uh, I just want to demonstrate what, the left is and how genuinely I two clips here first I want to play Letitia James Letitia James the attorney general of New York talking to ABC News now it's kind of funny they got an exclusive interview with ABC News with Letitia James and on the nightly newscast without comment they didn't talk about how it's unprecedented to find somebody half a billion dollars and went, no, nobody's ever been prosecuted under this. Nobody's a, mafia bosses don't get this kind of treatment. No, they don't mention that at all. The hairdo over there, David Muir, just recites and then they go to the reporter who has, there's two short clips of Letitia James. They don't mention the fact that this cretin, this mongrel, this disgusting human being, She's attorney general. She somehow found there's a lot of crimes happening in New York. I don't know if you're aware of this, but she found time to go before the cameras and sit in the courtroom every single day of that trial. She wasn't the lawyer on the case. She was there because why? Because it was a PR thing. She's evil. There should be there should be dire consequences. She should be really she should face criminal charges for abuse of power. You can't have a bill of attainder in legislation. A bill of attainder is a law targeting a specific person. You know, you can't can't say, I hate Elon Musk, so we're going to pass a bill that says uh, Elon Musk has to pay uh, $10 billion in in taxes every day. You can't do that. You can't use the power of government to target individuals. It should be the same thing for this criminal investigation, this quote-unquote criminal investigation where nobody's a victim, where the bank, the so-called victims are happy. Like, that doesn't make any sense it's like taking a consenting adult who had sex and then charging the other person with rape and saying no but the consenting adult says 
that they enjoyed it and they want to do it again. The banks are like, we, we got repaid, we're fine, we're perfectly healthy. And there's a, th- a thing going around, it was 20 mil- you could buy Mar-a-Lago like 40 years ago for $20 million. There's a listing in the New York Times, or maybe it was 1960. And you go, huh, that's weird. This judge says it's worth $18 million now. But 40 years ago, or 60 years ago, whatever it was, it sold for $20 million. That seems weird to me. That doesn't seem right. But they don't care. They're going to screw over Donald Trump. And listen to Letitia James proudly brag about how she's going to get that evil white guy, that evil billionaire, that evil SOB who dared be a Republican. If he does not have funds uh, to pay off the judgment, uh, then we will seek uh, you know, judgment enforcement mechanisms in court. And we will ask the judge to seize his assets. Seize his assets. Seize buildings. Hitler is looking up from hell going, whoa, they're going really all out for this thing. I, I didn't even do that. I didn't go that far. But that's who these people are. One last example of who these people truly are. We go north of the border. Justin Trudeau, Fidel Castro's son. Google it. Talking about the media. He's lamenting that people don't trust the media. There's too much choice in media. There's too much information out there. It's the mindset. Yes, it's Canada. It's the mindset of the left everywhere. There is out there a deliberate undermining of mainstream media. There are the conspiracy theorists, there are the social media drivers who uh, are trying to do everything they can to keep people in their little filter bubbles, to prevent people from actually agreeing on a common set of facts the way, you know, the CBC and CTV, when they were our only sources of news, you know, used to, used to, and global, used to project across the country at least a common understanding of things. Now, don't you love that? When there was a common set of facts, when CBC, Canadian Broadcasting Company, CTV, Canadian Television, they, when they were the only source of information, people agreed. On, no, a very small group of people agreed that this was all the people were going to be allowed to know. That's what they agreed on. It made it pretty damned easy to manipulate them. This is why talk radio is important. This is why conservative media is so important. It all was the tip of the spear was Rush Limbaugh. I guess technically it might have been National Review, but it was definitely on a mass scale Rush Limbaugh. Up until that point, these arbiters of truth, these government agents, even though they were employed by private companies here in this country, they got to decide what you would see. They got to decide what you should know. And they put everything else, they just swept it onto the cutting room floor. Well, Rush came in and said, there's a lot of interesting, valid, important things that give new context to the news on the cutting room floor. And he started exposing that, and they hated them for it. They hated him for it. He forced them to acknowledge things they didn't want to, things they wanted on the cutting room floor. They didn't cut things by accident. They cut things deliberately. And then other outlets came along and showed you what's on the cutting room floor. And now here is the leader of Canada lamenting the fact that we get a fuller picture of what's going on in the world and realistically a fuller picture of what they're trying to do to us in that world. And they hate it. They hate it. That's why we've got to embrace it all the more. That is all the time we have for today, ladies and gentlemen, and for this week. Get ready for the weekend, the weekend F and review at patreon.com slash Derek Hunter podcast or Derek Hunter locals.com. Come here, girls. You've been good in the background. Come on. You can say hello. 
Come on. The uh, the Snot Sisters. I would have said Booger Brothers, but they're not boys. The Snot Sisters. Quinn here. How are you feeling, Quinn? Better than a couple of days ago. Yeah, better than a couple of days ago. Bailey, how are you feeling? Good. You're feeling good. You both sound like hell when you c- cough a little bit. Cough. Go ahead. <coughs> yeah, you sound like... It's better than it was, though. And Bailey, you don't have to cough if you don't have to cough. All right, but everybody wants you to feel better, so feel better. My, my cough kind of sounds not better anymore. Nah, still, you got a ways to go. You got antibiotics to go, and we're going to take care of it. And you're not allowed to smoke until we uh, get that taken care of. No, I can't smoke. All right, fine. Fair enough. I never want to smoke. That's right. You never should smoke. Anyway, see you at uh, that's well, if you what you used to smoke. I know. Yeah, I'm aware of what I used to do. I used to do a lot of things. Use me as a cautionary tale and an example of what not to do, not what to do. Anyway, when you go to patreoncom slash podcast or DerekHunter.locals.com, that's what you're supporting. Their antibiotics, their anti-smoking crusade, and their never-ending relentless judging of their father's past anyway hope to see you at midnight appreciate it have a great weekend and don't forget snurdly tomorrow morning 7 a.m at wabc.com say goodbye everybody Bye. bye